Now, we talk about health and, and gyms and uh, YMCA, all that kind of stuff. It reminded me, when we're talking about this series, we're, we're talking about things that are new and how do we really have a new year and how do we begin some new things in our life. We think about New Year's resolutions and changes we need to make. Come on, how, how many of us somewhere through the years have made uh, some resolutions about our health, whether we want to we get healthy or lose weight? Come on, raise your hands. Anybody ever gone, gone down that road? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, it's funny because when I was thinking about this, I, I was thinking it's kind of like what Mark Twain said about the weather. You know, he said, everybody talks about the weather, but nobody does anything about it, and, which is true. And I think the same thing is often true of our health. You know, everybody talks about their health, but nobody really does anything about their health. And, and that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how do we have a new health in this new year? Because I believe that God is really concerned about the way we live in these bodies that he has given us. Now, track with me. If you want to take your sermon outline out, you can, you can do that, or we'll throw everything up on the screen if you'd like to follow that way. I want you to look at a passage of Scripture with me that is really challenging. Paul was writing to the Corinthian church, and here's what he says. He says, don't you realize that your body is what? The temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. Now read these next couple sentences with me, would you, out loud. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Read that last sentence again. You must honor God with your body. Now let me just let that be the backdrop for what we're going to talk about today when you think about your life and the way that you live, do you truly honor God with your body? Now, when Paul was writing this, he was writing it because in, in, the, early, in the early church, there was a group called the Gnostics. And some of their philosophy and the way that they looked at life was kind of being making its way into the church and permeating their theology. And what was happening is that the Gnostics believed that our spirits are what's really godly and that our bodies are really of the earth, and so they're going to burn up anyway, so they're really of no account. And so the, in this line of thinking, what they were saying was really, it doesn't really matter what you do with your body, um, because as long as you have a spirit that's good, that's what's really going to survive and be with God. And what was happening when Paul was writing this, if you go back and you read the context of Scripture, what Paul was directing, directing specifically was their sexual activity. Uh, they were having sex with temple prostitutes, and they were having sex whenever they wanted because this Gnostic thinking said, it really doesn't matter what you do with your body because your spirit is what belongs to God. So basically, you can live however you want to live. Now, if we're honest, there's the same line of that kind of thinking that has permeated Christianity today. You know, because here, here's the thinking. A lot of people, the way they think about God is, you know, as long as I love God with my heart, it really doesn't matter how I live. I, I can do whatever I want with my body because it's my spirit and I really love God in my heart. Now, please hear, hear me with this. That is so contrary to what Scripture says. And, and what Paul really addresses, he goes, you know, you guys are acting and living this way, but don't you understand your 
body is as holy as the spirit of God that lives in you. Your body is the temple of God. And we need to treat that temple with honor. Does that make sense to you? Now, I want to I bring this home because I think when we, we talk about sexuality, we, we understand. God created sex to be between a man and a woman in the confines of marriage. And if we're engaging in sexual activity that is outside of those parameters, we're outside of the will of God. But some, one of the things that's happened to the church through the years is we really haven't taken this thought all the way down about what does it really mean to honor these bodies as gifts of God? You know, when I was, when I was growing up, it was it's so funny because, you know, I, I heard messages on, uh, you know, they, I heard this, this passage preached and, you know, your body is the temple of God. And they say, you know, that means you can't drink. You know, that means uh, you, can, you can't drink alcohol. You can't, you can't do drugs. You can't smoke. And, and they would go right down. One thing I never heard preached when I was growing up, I, and I grew up in the church. I mean, all my life, I never heard one sermon on gluttony. It was really quiet in here. <laughs> Never heard one sermon on gluttony. And what's funny is of all the addictions that church people deal with, I'm going to tell you that gluttony is probably the primary one. And in fact, when I was growing up in the church, we fed that addiction. We called them potluck dinners, you know. You know, come and eat as, eat as much as you want. Now, we, we, we think about that, but the way we treat our bodies matters to God. And it's funny how we sometimes will isolate how we pick and choose what we want that to mean. Well, I'll never forget, I was, when I was, when I was a, probably a senior in high school, I was standing out in the lobby of our church, and this is back when I had hair. You know, I, I had hair at one time. And I had really long hair. I, was, I grew up in the hippie movement. I had hair down to my, my shoulders. And I'm standing out in the lobby talking with some friends. And one of our saints, one of our, one of our older guys, I mean, he wasn't real old, but he was, he was older, and he, he comes walking up to me. And, uh, you know, I was back when they used to pick on people with long hair. And this guy starts flicking my hair. And this old boy, he was one of these guys that he may have loved Jesus, but I never saw him smile. You know, if, he was, if there was joy in the Lord, he didn't have it, I guarantee you. But he was a guy, he said, and, and it's so funny because I'm standing here, he's, he's flicking my hair, and I look at him, and he goes, you know, the temple of God is looking pretty shabby here. Now, this old boy was probably 200 pounds overweight. And so I just turned, and I grabbed a big hunk of meat. Kid you not. And I said, well, why don't you loan me a few bricks? <laughs> now, you think I'm bad now. I was really bad back then. But you see, in his mind, long hair was a sin. Being obese wasn't. Look at me. I love you. That's really bad theology. Our bodies matter to God. Would you say that with me? Our bodies matter to God. Now, ushers, lock the doors. I know people are going to go, I really don't want to hear this message. I really want to hear. Well, let's, let's just talk about it. I want to give you some things today. I want to give you some things to think about. And this is one of those messages. I just really want you to just spend some time with God processing. I want to tell you some things that we need to know and give you some things that we need to do. You ready? I'm going to move quick, so you need to listen quick. You ready? <laughs> Here we go. Here's the first one. Remember this. This is where we want to start. You, you are a steward of your body and not the owner. You are a steward of your body. Remember what Paul said? Your, your body is given to you. you know, this, is, this is not yours. You're, you're just a steward of your body. does not belong to you. It belongs to God. Now, how many of you 
Somewhere along the way, have either, have either um, had a guest who stayed in your home that tore everything up or loaned your car to someone and they brought it back really trashed? How many of you have ever had that? Have ever had that? Anybody? Yeah. Does that make you mad? Absolutely. You know, how many of you have ever stayed in an Airbnb? Yeah. Have you? Yeah, you know, Airbnb is where you, where you rent out your home to people you don't know. Does that sound scary to anybody else? Well, here, here's a couple of pictures of what happened to some Airbnb owners. Throw that first picture up on the screen. That's what they came home to. Isn't that wonderful? Throw that next one up on the screen. This is what another family came home to. One more. Yeah, look, at, look at that mess. Look at that. How many of you would be mad about that? Why? Because they don't own it. Neither do you. Th- these bodies that we have. They belong to God. Look at what, look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19. He says, read it with me. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. You're not your own. Your body's not your own. And one day, look at what Paul says in Romans 14, 12. Read it with me. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. I don't know about you, but when I get before God, I don't want my body to look like one of those pictures from the Airbnb. You know, I want to give God back at least something decent that he gave to me. Let me give you a second thought. Well, we need to create a health plan for our bodies, just like we do for our souls. We need to create a health plan. A few weeks ago, we talked about how to have a new walk with God. And we, we made available to you, and they're still out at the Welcome Center, uh, different ways that you can study the Bible, different Bible reading plans that you can use, things where you can have 100 readings about Jesus and different, you know, different things that can really help you grow. Now, why do we do that? Because here's what we know. If it, you're, you want to grow in your faith, you need to have a plan to grow in your faith. And the same is true with your body. You know, so many of us get to the new year and we go, you know, I, I want to lose weight this year, or I, I want to be healthier. A year from now, I want, I want to be healthier. But if you don't have a plan for that, if nothing ever changes, then nothing ever changes. Does that make sense? That's why I put the statement on your outline. A failure to plan, guess what? That's a plan to fail. That's a plan to fail. I love what Paul says, 1 Corinthians First Corinthians 9, he goes, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. In other words, Paul said, I I look at what's going on with my body and and I make sure that I put guidelines to it. I have a plan for it. I'm going to discipline it. I'm going to train it. I'm going to make it be what God wants it to be. Now, here's just a few questions for you to process. What behavior do I need to stop? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but here's what I know. There are some things that we just need to stop. There are ways that we are hurting our bodies, ways that we are defiling our body, ways that we are, are, are poisoning our body, and we just, we just need to stop. There's behavior, we just need to stop. Secondly, what behavior do I need to start? What behavior do I need to start? What is it that I need to start doing? When, when, I, when I think about what it would mean for me to get healthier, what, what would that look like? You know, I, I discovered when my, I played basketball through college and several years afterward, but my knees got to a point where I couldn't play anymore. And in uh, last year, a year, year ago, last July, I ended up getting a brand new right knee. And in the rehab of all of that, I, I realized, you know what? I'm never, I'm never going to dunk behind my head ever again. You know, I'm never going to jump up in the air and go around and around like that. You know, I'm never, I'm never going to, I'm never going to do any of that. Not that I ever could, but I'm never going, to, I'm never going to do that. Um, but what I can do is I can walk, 
And uh, yesterday I got out, beautiful day. I, I walked for uh, about 70 minutes, uh, about four miles yesterday in our, in our neighborhood. You know what I read? I, I read an article that said, if you will just walk, you don't have to run, don't have to sprint. Don't, you, if you just walk 21 minutes a day, you will improve your health by about 50%. I mean, you will dramatically improve your health just by moving. We've, we've become such a culture of just sitting down that we've forgotten. We weren't created to be that way. We were created to move. What do I need to start? What goals, when I think about this next year, what goals would help me honor God and live more healthily? Just a question. But where do you want to be one year from now in your health? How different do you want to be from where you are right now. I, I've had the privilege um, for the last several months to walk alongside someone who has been on this health journey. And I have been just amazed as I've watched the transformation and uh, watched the push through the challenges. And I've just, it's best been, uh, she has just been such an incredible inspiration to me. I asked her if she would share her health journey story with us today, just as a way of helping us embrace what this might look like. Would you welcome to the platform our own Pastor Rachel? Good morning again. Pastor Steve's charging me $5 to use this table, so got to be quick. This is a little vulnerable for me. It's much easier for me to stand up here and sing than, than talk about my personal journal journey with weight, but thank you for listening and letting me share. Some of you know that I've been on a health journey for um, almost a year now, 11 months, and I have lost 65 pounds. <laughs> thank you. And I think we have a picture up there. This is me at my heaviest a few years back. And then one more. This is me from December 21. And I started my health journey in March of 22. Um, I've chosen to say health journey because the word diet doesn't work for me. And diet seems to be a short-term kind of goal, not a long-term process. And this is for the rest of my life. So this is a health journey. People have asked me, what's your secret? And I hate to tell you, but there really isn't a secret. <laughs> I drink water. I count my calories on a free app on my phone. And I try to walk two miles a day. The cold weather has made it a little bit more difficult, but I try. Those are my secrets. <laughs> they also ask, what can or can't you eat? And um, I don't know about you, but if someone tells me I can't eat something, that's kind of a problem. I'm going to want to eat it. <laughs> so I just choose to say I'm going to eat what I want to, and it needs to be in moderation. And obviously, you can't eat it every day. You can't eat it at every meal. But if you really want something, I'm, I'm going to eat it. I just have to plan and count my calories. And sometimes I go over, but that's okay. If it's a generic basic cookie, I'm probably not going to waste my calories on it. But if it's a really good cookie and a special occasion, I probably will. So one of my biggest inspirations to begin this journey last March was that I was just tired of not feeling good. When you're putting food in your body that doesn't fuel your body, you just don't feel good. So I just didn't feel good. And um, I came across this saying, and uh, Lee, if you'll pop that up. I came across this saying, six months from now, you will either have six months of excuses or six months of progress. The choice is yours. And I came across this right when I started my health journey, and it really inspired me that first six months. Every time I'd lose weight at the, at the month, my family, friends would get a text from me showing my before and after, and I would pop this up. And it still means a lot to me because I wanted to make progress. I didn't want to stay the same or go backwards. I wanted to go forwards. 
Some of the changes that I've made and tools that I'm using on this journey, I try to carry my water bottle around with me everywhere I go. It's a good reminder. When I'm bored, drink water. When I'm hungry, drink water. Just drink water because if it's in front of you, you're, you're more likely to do it. Um, accountability. I use an app on my phone to track my food, even if I eat what we would call bad food. Still track it, be honest with myself. And then I use my smartwatch to track my steps. And that's a really good tool because it reminds you, have you stood long enough? Have you exercised? And it's also a fun challenge with people like Pastor Steve will be like, how many steps you got? How many steps you got? It's just a fun challenge with each other. I have some very close and encouraging friends that are watching this today online. When I'm struggling, when I'm emotional, I'm an emotional eater, <laughs> you know, uh, when I'm having those moments, I just reach out to them, whether it's good or bad, and they're my cheerleaders, and I really appreciate that. And I take these pictures that you just saw, and I compare and contrast those, because sometimes in the middle of your journey, you forget where you've come from, and you forget how far you've come, uh, whatever you're dealing with. And so it's good to go back and be like, oh, I really have made progress. I really have changed because you get in those moments where you just are discouraged. I also know that it's the small victories that lead to the big victories. You can't win a big game without making those points to get to that game. And so my, my small points are five-pound increments at a time, and I do have a, an end goal weight that I want to maintain, but, but it's those big victories that only happen because of the smaller victories leading up to them. Also, find joy in the non-scale victories. Sometimes, for me, you look up on the scale and nothing's happening, and that's frustrating. And, but there's other things happening, whether the scale says it or not. And I call those non-scale victories. My rings fit better. My clothes fit better. Um, you know, I'm going to fly in an airplane in April, and I'm not going to have to worry about the seatbelt. You know, those kind of things. Um, also, energy produces energy. Uh, the other day, this past summer, I was up a ladder cleaning out the gutters and Luke looked at me and he goes, what'd you do with my wife? Because <laughs> I've never seen, never seen you on a ladder. I've never seen you cleaning out the gutters in 19 years. Well, energy produces energy. Now that I, I want to ca count these steps, I want all this progress. I kind of feel guilty now just sitting around like I need to be doing something, you know. I think one of the biggest things I've learned is just to be honest with myself and it's okay to be honest about where you're at, whatever you're dealing with, it's okay. And I know that for me personally, I need to weigh in every day because I will be in denial about what I'm really going through or what I really look like or what I really weigh. But at the same time, I need to be honest with myself. I grew up in North Carolina and we drank sweet tea all day long. And the pitcher was water and then two cups of sugar, <laughs> you know. And I love sweet tea, so I let myself have a sweet tea once a week. And not every meal, not every day, but I let myself have it in moderation. And I think, I think that's such a big change in my mind frame. Like, it's not what you can't have. It's what you can have, but in moderation. Life happens every day. Um, some days it's a good day. Some days it's a bad day. You can just start where you're at with whatever you're going through. Um, you don't have to wait till tomorrow. You know that saying, wait till Monday to start your diet? No, you can start now. And um, not every day is perfect, but if you know what your goals and commitments are, that gives you something to strive towards and keep going to. I don't know if you remember, but five years ago, I tore my ACL and I had knee surgery. And it was a really challenging time for me physically and mentally. And now I'm 43, almost 43, not quite. <laughs> And I am healthier now than I have been in the last 
decade. And so um, it's never too late to make a change. And it's those little things that add up to the big things. All you have to do is find what works for you. And the Lord has just reminded me on this journey, I can do more for him when I physically feel better. So if I'm physically not doing well, I'm probably not going to be able to serve the Lord the way he really wants me to. So thank you for letting me share my journey. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you so much for being vulnerable. And I just want to tell you, kid, we are so proud of you and the journey you're on. You've challenged all of us, and we thank you, thank you for that. I want to tag on to that last point that she just made about how when you feel better, God can do more uh, with you. That uh, next thought that I wanted to give you is keep your body sharp uh, because they are tools for God to work through. This is one of the things we, we don't really think about, but not only is our body a temple, our body is a tool that God wants to use. Now, again, if I'm, if I'm always tired, I'm not really going to want to serve and do stuff if I'm, if I'm, you know, laying around and I'm not keeping my immunity up uh, and those kind of things and I'm constantly catching colds and viruses and things simply because my immunity isn't good, then, you know, then I can't serve God the way that I want. Our, our bodies are made to be used by God. Saw an amazing story a few years back that I, that I thought was so cool. Throw this picture up, throw that picture up on the screen. That's a Ulysses Milano and uh, he was a guy from a military family that uh, decided that he wanted to go into the armed services. But when he went to the Army and to the Navy, they both turned him down and said, you know, you're 330 pounds, you're, you're way overweight, you know, we can't, we can't use you. When he went to the Marines, they said, you know, you don't, you don't qualify where you are. But if you, if you want to get your body into shape, we will help you. We'll give you a regimen that you can follow, and you can check in with us, and we'll, we will help coach you through that. Uh, you need, you're going to need to moderate what you eat. So uh, Ulysses found a, a, a friend who was a dietitian who got him on a, a healthy meal plan. He worked with the Marine recruiters uh, over, over the process of moving his body and finally to start exercise. Eleven months later, this is what he looked like. He lost 140 pounds in, in 11 months. He went from 330 to 190, and uh, they had a huge celebration on the day that he left for Paris Island as he went into the Marines. And when I read that story, I thought, you know what? Here's a guy, serving his country meant so much to him that he was willing to do whatever it took to get his body in a, in a healthy position to be able to do that. And if he's willing to do that for his country, you know what? We need to be willing to do that for our God. 1 Corinthians 12, here's what Paul says. I love this. He goes, now here's what I'm trying to say. Read it with me, church. All of you together are the one body of Christ, and each one of you is a separate and necessary part of it. Each and every person upon the whom the Spirit of God rests is a necessary part of the body of Christ, and we need to keep ourselves healthy to be used by him. Fourth thing I want to say is how you use your body is a witness to the world of your faith in Christ. How you use your body is a witness to the world and your faith in Christ. In other words, your life is a walking billboard for Jesus. Now, when I talk about being a walking billboard, I don't mean this. Throw that picture up on the screen. 
This is the feelunique.com company paid a group of people $150 each to put this temporary tattoo on their eyebrow with the understanding that they would wink at a thousand people, <laughs> men and women. They did it. Or, or this one, throw this next one up on the screen. This, the Air New Zealand gave 30 people an option. They could either get a round trip ticket to New Zealand or they'd give them $777 after their Boeing 777. It says, need a, need a change, head down to New Zealand. And it's got to, they, they had to wear that for, for 30 days uh, to, be able to, to be able to get there. They gave that to 30 people. Here's my favorite. I showed this a few years back. I just thought this was so funny. This guy, this is Andrew Fisher. Back in 2005, he actually um, rented out his, he put, a, he put his forehead on eBay and said, I'll, I'll let you advertise on my forehead for a month. They paid him, Snore Stops paid him, are you ready for this? $37,375 to put that tattoo on his forehead for, for a month. Can you imagine? This is a $50,000 head right here, baby. I'm telling I guarantee <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about being a, board, a billboard that way. What we're talking about is people watch us and they look at the way that we live and how we live and what we do with our bodies speaks to them about whether or not we truly mean what we say as followers of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at what Paul said in Ephesians. Ephesians 4.1, he says, I beg you to live and act in a way worthy of those who have been chosen for such wonderful blessings as these. Ephesians 5, look at what he says. For once, though once your heart was full of darkness, now what's it full of? Light from the Lord. Look at this, read it with me. And your behavior should show it. Because of this light within you, you should do only what is good and right and true. Can I give you one more? How we use our bodies is an act of worship. It's an act of worship. You know, when you hear that word worship, we, we often think about sitting in a church building like this. Uh, we think about singing songs or praying prayers or performing rituals. You know, we, we tend to think of that kind of stuff. But Paul, Paul says that worship is so much more than that. Look at what he says in Romans 12.1. He says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Read it with me. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Read that last sentence again. This is truly the way to worship him. You see, we, we had an experience of worship this morning, but it's when we walk out these doors and the way that we live, that's our true acts of worship. I'm going to ask our prayer partners if you guys would go ahead and station yourselves down here at the front and have Rachel come back. And Rachel's going to lead us in, in a song if, in just a second. It's a, just a beautiful song that reminds us that we call this a sanctuary. Look at me. 
But this right here, this is a sanctuary. The spirit of the living God lives in us. Paul said, don't you know, your body is a temple of God's Holy Spirit. And so everywhere we go this week, we get to be these living sanctuaries of God. What kind of sanctuary will you be? This morning, we're going to invite you to a time of prayer in just a second. And again, we've got our prayer partners here. If some of you would like to pray with some. For some of us, there may be some habits we need to break. For some of us, there may be addictions we need to break. For some of us, it may be behavior we need to stop. For others of us, it may be behavior we need to start. For some of us, it may be just accepting and letting God help us think differently about ourselves, our lives, and our bodies. And if we can pray with you about any of that, we would be more than happy to. I know that there are our needs way beyond what I preached about this morning. I know there are some of you walking through difficult places. Some of you that have some really hard stuff going on in your life. Some of you are walking with some friends or family who have some real needs. And maybe, maybe this morning you just want somebody to pray with you about one of those things. That's fine too. Whatever is on your heart today, whatever your need, while we sing this song, if you'd like someone to pray with you, our prayer partners are here. They'd be more happy to hear your heart and pray with you today. Now before I pray, I just want everybody to look at me. Make eye contact for a second. I just want you to hear my heart. I had no desire today to heap guilt on you. I'm not here to try to make you feel bad at all. I know some of us struggle with our health and struggle with our weight. I, I get all of that. And every one of us are in the same boat and we all have to approach us from where we are. My desire today is to help you become the man and woman of God that he really wants you to be. And that is spirit, mind, and body. And today, I just want to invite you, like, like Rachel shared in her testimony, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. I want to challenge you, take that step. Would you pray with me? Father, as we come before you today, Lord, I, I want to ask your forgiveness because I know that uh, along my own journey, I've, I've not always thought of my body as yours. And today, Lord, I, I, I repent of that. And I, I pray that for all of us, Lord, who have, have had this bit of Gnostic thinking in our lives where we say we love you in our hearts, but we don't really think about how that impacts our bodies. Lord, forgive us. Help us to see ourselves the way you see us. Lord, you're not looking for bodybuilders or, or, or people who are, you know, just world-class athletes. But what you've said, Lord, is that this body is a gift it doesn't last all of that long. And we need to keep it as finely tuned as we can so that you can use us as your instruments. Lord, these are your temples in which you live. We pray that we would honor them and worship you with them. In the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone said, amen. 